This morning I'm reading from Luke chapter 17, verses 1 to 10, if you want to read along with me, or the words will appear on the screen as I read them. It's entitled, Sin, Faith and Duty. Jesus said to his disciples, Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, but woe to anyone, though, whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a milestone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So watch yourselves. If your brother or your sister sins against you, rebuke them, and if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day, And seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. He replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can then say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. Suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit down and eat? Won't he rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink. After that, you may eat and drink. While he uh, thanks the servants because he did what he was told to do. So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. Well, let's pray together. Father God, I want to thank you and praise you for your words. I want to thank you for the way that your word speaks directly into our lives. I want to thank you, Lord God, for the way that your word challenges us. I want to thank you, Lord God, for the way that so often your words makes us feel uncomfortable. And in so many ways, if your word doesn't make us feel uncomfortable, are we even really reading it properly? Lord, you have something to say to each and every one of us today. And we do pray for encouragement and for challenge. And we pray, Lord God, that you'll help us to live as your faithful disciples. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we come back to the book of Luke, if you were here in the building last week or you were watching online on Facebook or YouTube, you would have heard a powerful message from Tim Parkman focusing us on evangelism. And he challenged us by looking at this parable that we see in our previous chapter of the rich man and Lazarus, saying that we as the people of God shouldn't be resting until there is not one person who can say, I didn't know anything about Jesus. Indeed, the last two chapters of the Gospel of Luke that we have looked at have very much focused our attention on the importance of us reaching the lost. And what we've effectively seen in those past two chapters is a conflict which arose between Jesus and the Pharisees over how we should deal with the lost, how we should deal with those people who are just not like us. And ultimately, What Jesus shows us in those past two chapters is how we welcome the stranger. And how we welcome the stranger is at the core of who we are. Why? Because that's exactly what Jesus has done for us. But as we turn our attention today to Luke chapter 17, 
what we see is that Jesus switches his focus slightly and switches his focus onto the disciples themselves. And reflecting on this passage as I have prepared this week and reflected on the season that we are in and the season we have been in and for the season who knows how long we will be in, I believe that Jesus has something very powerful and very important to say to each and every one of us today. Because I can guarantee that at some point most of us, if not all of us, have struggled and wrestled with at least one of the points that Jesus shows us today. Today, we very much look once again at what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. What is at the heart of following him? And with that in mind, Jesus shows us what it means for us to walk the narrow road. And he talks about four key elements in this particular passage today, which no doubt at some point we've all struggled with to some degree over the last 12 to 18 months. What we see in our passage today is Jesus talking about falling away. He talks about forgiveness. He talks about faith and he talks about faithfulness. Have you struggled with any of those this year, I wonder? Perhaps pre-pandemic, you were walking closely with Jesus. You were deeply involved with the community of believers and in the life of the church and you felt like your relationship with God was in a really really good and strong place but as this pandemic has just worn on and rumbled on if you're honest maybe you find yourself feeling a little bit lost right now maybe you're carrying around some deep hurt and some deep pain over the course of this time Maybe something has happened over the last few months which has left you deeply hurt and offended. And because of the barriers that we found with social distancing and Zoom calls and all of these kind of things, there's not been a way for you to fix the mess that you find yourself in. Maybe at some point over this pandemic, you have questioned your faith. And like the disciples, you have called out to Jesus and said, Lord, increase our faith. Finally, maybe you've struggled with the idea of faithfulness. How do you keep going? How do you keep serving the Lord? How do you keep doing what is required of us in the midst of such a topsy-turvy world? I wonder what your greatest struggle has been and where you need to hear the words of Jesus spoken over your life today. Last week, Tim suggested to us that we each have an individual responsibility for our walk with God. And this text that we've read together today, these four major parts, deal with the fundamental aspects of what it means to walk a relationship with God and be a disciple of him. And in kicking off this passage today, Jesus points out that at times, for us as disciples of Jesus Christ, there will be stumbling blocks which come our way. There will be things in our life which cause us to question, cause us to doubt. There will be temptations which are put in front of us which may cause us to stumble. And when Jesus uses the word stumble here in the Greek, it means to trip, to trip up, to literally fall away. And let's face it, We've been in a year of stumbling, haven't we? There have been many who were seemingly walking close with the Lord before all of this COVID thing happened who have found it so incredibly difficult in this season that they've stumbled. But actually, Jesus goes slightly further than what Tim went last week when we talk about our individual relationship with God 
and our individual walk with him. You see, what Jesus shows us is that actually it's not only our individual walk with Christ that we are responsible for, but actually we are also responsible for the walk of one another when it comes to discipleship and walking with Jesus. We have a responsibility to build up people and not tear them down, to encourage each other rather than discourage one another, to draw people closer to God rather than push people away. Stumbling blocks in our walk will come our way. Jesus said that is inevitable. But our response to those stumbling blocks is our responsibility. But more than that, the challenge today is to make sure that our response to those stumbling blocks that come in our way don't cause other people to stumble and don't cause other people to fall away. The problem is that our response in times of trouble can often be a stumbling block to those around us. When we find ourselves in a place of negativity, when we find ourselves in a place of maybe deep-rooted bitterness, and we allow that to portray from our lives, suddenly that begins to affect others as well. You know, God takes a dim view of people who directly lead others into sin. And that's one of the things that Jesus is getting at here in this passage. Do not lead other people astray. Do not lead other people into sin. But you know, at times I think it's far more indirect that these things happen and these things occur by the way that we speak to others, by the way that we act around others, by the way that we gossip, by the way that we talk at times. Jesus doesn't mix his words here. Jesus says it would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone around their neck and cause others to stumble. A millstone is a large stone which was placed on the ground and a donkey or a horse would pull this stone around in a circle on this grain field and as he did pieces of grain would drop between the large millstone and a small millstone. It probably weighed somewhere about 400 pounds. So if someone was dropped into the sea with one of these around their neck, there was no way that they could survive. The point is this, our behaviour matters. God recognises that we are all works in progress and the goal for each and every one of us is to be more like Christ. We can't do that on our own. We can't make ourselves physically more like Christ. When we try to do that, we fall into legalism. It's only the Holy Spirit who can change us and convict us and it's our brothers and sisters in Christ who are there to walk it with us and challenge us to live more like Christ. You know, there is a notion in modern day Christianity which I believe is wrong. And you may have said it, you may have at least heard it. Oh, we mustn't judge others. We mustn't judge others. It's not our role to judge. People are entitled to live their lives as however they want to live. You know, that's not entirely correct. What we're not meant to be is judgmental. We're not meant to look down our nose at other people and say, well, at least I'm not like them. At least I'm not doing that. At least that's not how I'm going about my life. But actually, the challenge of Scripture is that we are meant to recognize sin in the lives of one another and we're meant to call it out. The challenge for all of us is that if we're going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, we're meant to speak into each other's lives. Jesus says this in verse 3. So watch yourself. If your brother and sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Notice how Jesus always looks for repentance. 
We are to live in such a way where we're open with our brothers and sisters in Christ and we lovingly challenge one another to live more like Jesus. The goal is to build up and to make each other more Christ-like, not to push them down. When judgment is done in a godly and correct way, it is for the benefit of all of us. We're called to walk together and build one another up. And with that in mind, let me challenge you this morning. And believe me, I challenge myself today just as much as anyone else. As a disciple of Jesus Christ, has your behaviour and your attitude over this lockdown season, this COVID period, drawn people closer to Christ or pushed people away from Christ? What has your attitude done in the lives of other people? By the way that you have spoken, by the way that you have acted, are people built up are a people pushed down. Jesus is always looking for repentance in order to restore. And if we're honest today, if we look at our lives and we may have realised that we have stumbled, or even that we've fallen into some sort of sin, or we have caused other people to stumble, the great news today of the gospel is that you can know restoration in Jesus Christ. But Jesus goes further than that today too. And he shows us that once again, that if his body, the church, is going to function in the way that it should, if we as individual Christians are going to go deeper in our discipleship with him, if we're going to reach the lost in the way that we've talked about over the past few weeks, then forgiveness needs to be at the heart of everything we do. And let's face it, in a season of lockdown, in a season where actually a lot of us have only been able to communicate via Zoom calls and via emails and via text messages, when some of those emails or text messages have been sent late at night and we haven't been thoughtful or careful with the words that we have used, there have been times where we have been offended or there have been times when others have been offended and hurt. You know, this time, this season has highlighted so so well to us, hasn't it? How, how easily our relationships can break down. And you know, one of the greatest barriers to a strong relationship with God is unforgiveness. This is what the Bible tells us. In 2 Corinthians 2 verses 10 and 11, if you forgive anyone, I will also forgive them. And what I have forgiven, if there is anything to forgive... I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake, in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not aware of his schemes. There are many things in life which will ultimately rob us of the abundant life that Jesus Christ offers us and the joy that Jesus Christ offers. But the biggest I want to suggest is unforgiveness. Nothing keeps a person in bondage in their life like an unwillingness to forgive those who have hurt us. Nothing gives Satan a greater opportunity to stop his church growing, to stop individuals growing in their relationship with Christ than deep roots of bitterness and unforgiveness and pride. And We've talked about unforgiveness a number of times over the past couple of years, so forgive me if you're thinking, oh, here he goes again. But I think we need to keep banging on about this because unless we keep talking about it, actually, we allow roots to fester in our lives. We allow things which have hurt us to keep us in bondage. And just for a second, and I don't want to upset anyone this morning, but think again, maybe, just for a moment, of a situation which has left you incredibly 
incredibly hurt. For some, some people this morning have been through the most unimaginable and unthinkable situations. You have suffered at the hands of others tremendously. And when you hear people talk about forgiveness, even the idea of forgiving a person makes you start to feel angry because you feel that person does not deserve your forgiveness. Why on earth should I forgive? The fact of the matter is, forgiveness is not easy, but it is required by God. Jesus says this in Matthew 6, verses 9 to 15. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Our relationship with God is inextricably linked with our relationship with other people. It's almost impossible to have a right relationship with God whilst you're in isolation from other people and you have unforgiveness towards other people. And for us, the key to walking as a disciple of Jesus Christ is to learn how we relate with one another and how we forgive during the hurt. Jesus continues in this passage and says, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men, your father will not forgive your sins. God relates to us in two ways, one as judge and one as father. If you're listening today and you've put your trust in Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. They're completely wiped away. There is no longer an issue with God as judge. What is at stake for us, however, is our relationship with God as father. If there are people in our life who we have not forgiven, God won't let you be comfortable until you begin to do so. In other words, your eternal destiny might be secure, but your daily victory is the thing which is at stake. Forgiveness is essential to freedom. What Jesus says here in Luke chapter 17 has echoes of what we read in Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 to 35, which says, Then Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times. Jesus answered, no, not seven times, but 77 times. Jesus is not suggesting that we keep a little score chart and we tick off how many times someone has hurt us and how many times someone has offended us until they get to that magic number of 77 times. What he is saying is that forgiveness needs to be a continuous thing that when someone hurts you, you don't automatically say, stuff you, I'm done with you and walk away. But you learn to take on the yoke of Jesus Christ and learn to walk in his forgiveness because often what happens when we don't learn to do that is we are the ones who stay imprisoned by our hurt other people that may have hurt us are walking off and they've forgotten all about it they're living their life but we are the ones who find ourselves trapped as a result of not being able to let go i wonder for the sake of your discipleship who God is calling you to begin a forgiveness process with today. And notice it is a process. Forgiveness doesn't necessarily happen overnight. It's a continual thing. You have to keep coming back to the cross. You have to keep coming back to the feet of Jesus and saying, Lord, I'm struggling with this. Help me take this. Forgiveness is first and foremost a choice rather than a feeling. 
Who do you need to forgive today for your freedom? The disciples heard this teaching here in this passage and they start to think to themselves, this is too hard. We can't do this. And their reply is perhaps a reply that we've all cried over this period. Lord, increase our faith. Have you been there this year? In moments of desperation, in moments of doubt over this past year, have you cried a similar cry? Lord, increase our faith. I don't have enough to get through this. I can't do it. And Jesus' response to the disciples here in Luke chapter 17 is to say, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you'll be able to say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted into the sea, and it will happen. Notice that Jesus didn't turn around to the disciples on this occasion and say, you're absolutely right, guys. You don't have enough faith. That is the problem. You have not got enough faith. I will increase your faith. Notice that's not what happens. But what he does is he tells them, basically, they already had enough faith for what they needed. He talks about this mustard seed. The mustard seed is one of the smallest seeds of its kind. And yet, when it's planted, it can grow into a huge tree, 15, 20, even up to 30 feet tall. What Jesus was saying is it wasn't the size of their faith which mattered. But actually, it's how they used their faith which mattered. Today, if you're feeling down and out, Today, if you're feeling like your faith is on its last legs. Today, if you're wondering how much faith you even have, maybe it almost feels non-existent. Let me tell you today that God can take even the smallest, the tiniest piece of faith and use it for those who are willing to allow him to use it. What's your faith looking like today? Maybe... You're a prayer warrior and you were up at four this morning and you were praying in the spirit and actually you you feel like you are in abundance when it comes to faith. Maybe that's not your experience. Maybe you don't even know why you tuned into church this morning or why you turned up in the building. You're wondering, maybe, if all these years that you've been following Jesus has been for nothing. Let me tell you today that the smallest amount of faith Jesus can take and he can use. And my encouragement to you today is to once again place the faith that you have in the master's hands, no matter how tiny it might be. And ask him today to minister to you. But the fourth point of discipleship that we see in this passage today is faithfulness. We read these words in Luke 7 to 10. Suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after his sheep. Will will he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit down to eat? Won't he rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink. After that, you may eat and drink. Will he thank the servant because he did what he was supposed to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should you say, You should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. What a strange parable that Jesus tells at the end of this particular passage. Jesus has been teaching about stumbling blocks. He's been teaching about forgiveness. And his disciples asked for this increase in faith in order to do what they were called to do. And by finishing this section with this unusual parable, Jesus wanted to make it abundantly 
clear to his disciples and abundantly clear to those who were listening that if they were fully obedient to what Jesus had said, they weren't somehow going to gain a special merit or special favor with God for doing what they needed to do. As a disciple of Jesus Christ, there is nothing whatsoever that you or I can do to earn favor with God. No matter how obedient we are, we don't serve God to gain merit. The fact of the matter is, God has done everything possible for us to have a relationship with him. He has paved the way where there was no way. He gave us the ability to have that right relationship with him and be forgiven and be restored. He forgave our sin when Jesus died on the cross and he rose again and then we put our trust in him. So our service, therefore, to God should be unconditional. And even if God were to not do another thing for us in our lives... He's already done enough for us to praise and worship him forever and to serve him forever. The point of today's message is rather a simple one. As Christians, as God's church, not just here at Hope, but worldwide, we have faced a horrendous year. A year of hurt, a year of heartache, a year of disappointment, a year of disillusionment. And it would be easy for us to say, and maybe you have even said it, stuff this. I'm done. Can't be doing with this any more. I am finished. But the call of Jesus Christ today is to open our eyes and to see the times that we're living in. As disciples of Jesus Christ, to realize that there are stumbling blocks which will come our way. And we are called to do all that we can to avoid them. And not just to avoid them, but make sure that we're not the stumbling block for other people via sin, via our words, via our behaviour, via our attitudes. To recognise that there might be some people in your life right now that you need to hold out the hand of forgiveness to. You don't feel like it right now, but the challenge is to start. If forgiveness starts with a choice, choose today to forgive. Ask God to help you and empower you to do so. And to recognise that actually right now, even though your faith might seem small, you have exactly the amount of faith which is needed for the situation that you are in. Faith is a gift from God and he's given you the faith that you, you need in order to live for him. And as a result, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we're then called to step up and to step out and to give everything that we can in obedience to him. Why? Because Jesus Christ has given everything for us. You know, the word of God demands a response. And with that in mind, I want to challenge each and every one of us today, whether we're watching at home, on Facebook or YouTube, whether we're in the building. And the challenge is simply this. What step is God calling you to make today in order to follow his path of discipleship for your life? Are you stumbling right now? Is there a sin in your life that you need to repent of? Is there an attitude that you need to put down for the sake of others? Is there someone you need to forgive? Where has God called you to be faithful where your faithfulness has waned? Because here's the thing. No matter how bad things have got, no matter how broken you might feel right now, no matter how far from Christ you might seem, Today he holds out his hand to you again and he says, come on, let's walk this path together. I'm going to invite the band to come back up.
And if you're in the room, I'm going to invite you to stand. And we're going to sing together in response. We're not going to be singing in the room, but you can sing it in your hearts. A song which starts off with the words, there must be more than this. In a season of lack, I wonder how many of us have said similar words, there must be more than this. And the chorus says, consuming fire, fan into flame, a passion for your name. And my prayer this morning for each and every one of us is that where those flames have begun to dwindle, where our hearts have begun to grow cold, that once again, you'll know the wind of the Holy Spirit fanning into flame, that passion for the name of Jesus Christ once again. That we might all walk in a deep-rooted relationship, in deep-rooted discipleship, that we might challenge and encourage and build up one another, that we might go to a world who needs Jesus and show them who he is. Father God, for each and every one of us today, we can all relate to one of these points. And Lord, right now, Holy Spirit, will you meet people where they're at? May they hear the words of Jesus speaking over them. Will you encourage people with pictures, with words of knowledge, with scriptures, in order to live the life that you call us to live? Consuming fire, fill us anew, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.